Welcome back to the stuff your accountant isn't telling you. This is part two of the 2023 tour recap. Now, this time I am recapping a speech that I gave in St. Louis, Missouri. Yes, it was at the Scaling New Heights event. And there I talked about, you know, really getting out of the box and finding new ways of creating profitable sources of revenue and income in your business. So stay tuned for this episode. Welcome to the podcast where we tell small business owners how to use the secrets and strategies that big businesses use to increase their profitability. So if we travel back in time to the summer of 2023, I was a speaker at the Scaling New Heights Conference in St. Louis, hosted by the Woodard Events LLC. And it was a great event. It's probably, I would say, one of the major events for accountants, for bookkeepers. If you're in that space, this is a major event. Now, I will say is maybe you're not an accountant, you're not a bookkeeper. If you are a business owner, one of the things that you want is you want to know that your accountant or your bookkeeper is actually going to conferences because they're able to get in rooms to learn from other people in the field so they can bring that information back to helping your business win. Because what I always say is, if you're working with a professional or you're doing some type of professional service, if the person that you are paying is not taking it serious enough to actually invest in their own growth and invest in their own development, if they're not willing to do that, then the question is, or how are they going to be in a position to help your business win? How are they going to be in a position to provide you with excellent and stellar advice to help you move forward in the things that you are doing in your business? So this was our stop number two on our tour that we've been on. And as I said, last episode, we covered the Venture Asheboro, the speech that I gave there. This week, we're talking about scaling new heights, the speech in June. Like I said, this series is going to keep going because we got a lot to recap and cover. But for the scaling new heights, we talked about a topic that I think is on the mind of a lot of business owners. And it's, you know what, how do we get innovative and come up with alternative profitable services within our firm because it was tailored to accountants, but the concepts and the principles are very, very general. So I want to cover a few of the highlights. Now I'll tell you the speech that I gave there was about 90 minutes. So an hour and 30 minutes. So there was a lot that I covered. I'm going to try to boil that down and hit some of the highlights in the next 15 to 20 minutes. So I'm not going to redo the entire speech, but I am going to hit some of the highlights and share some of the examples that I talked about, because I think it will be very, very helpful for our listeners, whether you're a accounting or bookkeeping firm or whether you're a tax firm or whether you're a business owner in some other field. The concepts, I think, will still be very helpful. Now, the first thing that I talked about is the reality that, you know, accountants, we don't have a really good reputation when it comes down to being able to explain what we do. Now, the way that I've seen this firsthand is a lot of times, you know, my parents are talking to people about what I do because as my parents tell me, like, they're very proud of me and the work that we're doing. Um, and they're very proud of, you know, what, what we're developing in the business. But 
they don't always actually know how to explain what we do. And so a lot of times I'll get calls from people and say that, hey, your parents told me about, you know, your business and want to know, can you help us? And I was like, well, that's not quite what we do. And it made me really take a step back and say, all right, I got to do a better job of really being able to define what we do, because let's be honest, you can't think outside of the box if you don't kind of first define what is the box. Like when people think about, you know, your type of service, what you do, how would they define it? Like, what is the definition of what you do? So I started off by thinking about, you know, when it comes down to accountants, when you think about what we do is it typically falls into these areas. And by first being able to understand what does the box of accounting bookkeeping look like? Like what is included in that? And once we can kind of define that, now we can say, okay, all right, now how do we use some out of the box ideas to enhance these things? So the first thing for any business owner to do is to really define what is it that you do? Like, I need to understand the basic elements of what you do before we can start thinking outside of the box. Now, the next thing that I did, I introduced them to a concept of the 1968 flop. Now, the 1968 flop is an event or it'll say, I wouldn't even say at the time, it wasn't even a major event that happened, um, the specific flop that happened. But what that went on to do is it changed the way that we think about something that happens very consistently. Like we are still feeling the effects of what happened in 1968. So in 1968, a man was standing in front of a massive crowd of people. He took off running full speed. And after a few yards, maybe what, 30-ish yards down, he turned, he jumped, and he landed flat on his back. At the time, people were probably astonished, like, what the heck is going on? Like, what is this? What did we just witness? But later on, that flop began to change the dynamics of how we think about something that still happens today. And, and then at that point, everybody was just like, well, what is this flop that he's talking about? Well, then I introduced them to a guy by the name of Richard Fonsborough. So Richard Fonsborough was a Olympic high jumper. And the idea of the sport is you have to run full speed and your idea is to jump as high as you can to get over a bar without touching or without knocking the bar over. Well, in 1968, Richard Fonsborough decided to try a new approach. He well, he decided to popularize a new approach. There probably were some people in very fringe communities who were trying the approach that he did, but he tried a new approach and it happened to upset some people in the high jump community because they just were not a fan of what he was doing. They actually thought it was illegal, but it met all of the legal requirements. And in fact, he actually raised the bar on the world record and he went on to win some serious awards because of his new methodology. Now, here's a picture of the evolution of how the high jump has happened over the years. Now, before it started off at the scissor kick, which is probably around 18, the late 1800s, where the scissor kick method was what people used because that was the best methodology at the time. 
And then it kind of evolved into the Western role and moved on to the straddle. And like I said, in 1968, Fonsborough tried a completely different approach because for the most part, the other methods that happened before him, those methods were kind of designed for you to somewhat land on your feet on the other side or at least land in a way that could prevent you from being seriously injured. But there were some unique changes that happened in the industry or in the way that the high jump was being done that allowed him to be able to revolutionize the way he would approach the sport. And like I said, it worked out great for him because he set new world records. He won amazing awards for what he's doing. And in fact, whenever you see someone do the high jump, everyone expects you to do the Fonsborough flop because that is by everyone who has studied the sport, that is currently the best way to compete in the sport. So his seeming flop in 1968 has still revolutionized the game to where we never went back to competing the way that we used to because he was able to think out of the box. Now, you may be thinking like, what the heck does that have to do with my business? Well, I think it's the same concept is if we can understand the basic rules and we kind of understand the history of what our industry has been doing, where our industry has come from, we can now look and say, okay, all right, what out of the box methods can we use where we can still comply by the relevant rules and regulations of our business, but how do we give ourselves that extra edge by thinking outside of the box? Now, at the conference, I compared this and I looked at, hey, here are some of the elements that led to the change in the high jump. Here are some of the elements that lead to the change in the accounting industry. And let's be honest, most businesses can probably say the same thing. Like the profession itself may be evolving and changing where there may be new rules. There may be new opportunities that are coming up. There may be new skills and techniques that are being used within your profession that allow you to be able to do things today that you weren't able to do before. And of course, technology is a huge one. I mean, just about every industry has benefited from the evolution of technology where technology allows you to do things today that you couldn't do in the past. And so when you think about your industry, and you think about what you're doing is there is new technology that's coming in. And what you tend to have is you have some people who want to fight against the technology and say, no, we're going to stay exactly where we are. But then you have some other people who are willing to say, OK, how can we incorporate this technology to help us start to move our business to the next level? Like one of the big things that I've seen a lot of people using when it comes down to technology is they're using chat GPT a bit more. Now, one of the ways that we've definitely used it a lot is when it comes down to like financial analysis, a lot of it gets done in spreadsheets a lot of times. And what we were finding is people were spending a lot of time, you know, manually doing things because they didn't know how to write certain formulas. And so we introduced the team to chat GPT. And now what we started doing is having the team really like, okay, all right, Instead of you trying to do this the manual way, tell ChatGPT what you are trying to do and ask ChatGPT to help you write a formula that will solve this for you. 
And what we started doing is we started seeing the team's productivity started shooting through the roof because they were finding creative ways to use technology to help us continue moving forward. We also found some ways of being able to automate our reporting and automate our communication with our clients. Now, one of the things that we recognize is that a lot of clients would have an issue with their accountant and they would say is, I don't really hear from that person or we don't really talk as much. And so we said, all right, how can we automate this whole communication channel? Because if we can automate this communication channel, we could probably solve that problem and we can keep the customers happier. So we started thinking in ways of being able to leverage technology to do different things like that. And so again, I tell you, whatever business you're in, it's thinking about what are the advancements that are happening, the advancements that are happening in skills and knowledge? What are the changes to your profession? What are the changes in technology and how can you use that to get an edge to be able to take things to the next level within your business. Now, because I said this was a 90-minute speech, I would say I'm not one that likes to just sit and just talk for 90 minutes. So one of the things that we did in the middle of this speech, which everybody loved, is we played a game called Taboo. Now, if you've never played the game Taboo before, I'm telling you, you're missing out on a lot of fun because what I like to do, uh, well, my wife and I like to do, we really enjoy this game of Taboo because especially when we get both sides of our family together. Now, my wife is half Kenyan, half Nigerian, and like she literally, she was born in Kenya, lived in Africa between multiple different countries as her family moved up until she, she didn't come to the U.S. until she was a teenager. So, her upbringing is very different from mine. Like I was born in the U.S. We lived in a different, you know, we lived in, I lived in Germany for a period of time because my dad was in the military, but came back to the U.S., lived most of my life in the U.S. So our upbringings are very different. So sometimes the context behind certain words are very, very different. And it is interesting when you're playing a game like Taboo and you have to explain something and you're using all the words that make sense to you. But then when you look at your team and you realize like, this doesn't mean the same thing to them. And so it is always a hilarious event for us to play Taboo when both sides of the family come together because we get to learn and laugh and enjoy so much. But I said, you know, what if we did the same thing for our industry? Now, again, this was an accounting conference, so that is why I covered accounting, but you can do this for your own industry. What I did is I said, all right, let's take the three common areas of why a person hires a, an accountant or why they say they hire an accountant. You have a bookkeeper, you have a tax accountant and a CFO. Bookkeepers are going to help, you know, they're going to do a certain thing. Tax accountants play a certain role. And then your CFOs do something a little different. And I said, okay, all right, let's break out in the room. And what I want everybody to do is pick the profession that you primarily focus on. If you're a tax accountant, pick that category. If you're a CFO, pick that category, a bookkeeper, so forth. And what I said is you have to explain what you do to the people around you without using any of these common words. And the reason why I pulled these words out is because, you know, for us who are in the accounting industry, a lot of times this is how we explain what we do. But what I realized after doing over 500 interviews with non-accountants and other business owners and business leaders, 
these words don't mean the same thing to them as they do to a person who's an accountant. So one of the things that we had to really practice and get better at is how do we explain what we do in terms that actually make sense to the people that we're trying to talk to? Now, this became very important because what I told people is as we went through that exercise, you know, people were really struggling in the room of like, man, it's very hard to explain this without being able to use those words. And I said, hey, these are the words that mean something to us, but they don't actually mean anything or they don't mean as much to the person that we're talking to. And so we went and we explored something like this. And I said, hey, let me lay this out for you and, and just say that, hey, here are some ways that I've seen as I've tested it with different audiences or different business owners. Here are some common ways that we have explained these terms. And what I have found is it led to greater levels of clarity, greater levels of understanding, and it allowed us to be able to communicate to the client what it is that we were trying to say. Now, when it came down to bookkeeping, what a lot of times we tell people is, hey, what this is, we're going to help organize your expenses and your income so that you can clearly understand what is happening with your money. You'll be able to see how money is coming in and going out of your business. And for most people, when I explain it that way, they're like, oh, that make now I understand what a bookkeeper does, or I understand what you are going to do as a bookkeeper. On the tax side, we explain things like, hey, we're going to help you avoid issues with the IRS, help you stay out of money jail, because we're going to kind of divide that difference between what is tax avoidance versus what's tax evasion. And when they hear it that way, they're like, okay, I kind of understand what you're doing. And on the CFO side, when we look at it from the client's perspective, what we started recognizing is, you know what, really what a CFO does is we help you make better money decisions. Like we're digging into the details and we're pulling out those things that give you strategic guidance so you can make decisions that are going to lead to a better monetary outcome when it comes down to your business. And when they think about it that way, they're like, oh, I understand what you mean. Now, after we played that game, after I talked about the Fonsboro flop, the last thing we came to is what were some examples of how we took the concept of the Fonsboro flop, how we took the taboo game, and then how do we kind of play that out when we looked at what are some alternative ways of creating you know, more income from our business? For us, one of the things was we started selling this program called the Bookkeeping Cleanup. What we were coming across is business owners who probably weren't big enough to, or it didn't make sense for them to hire us to do the bookkeeping because they didn't have enough revenue or enough cash flow in their business, but they wanted to do the bookkeeping themselves, but they didn't quite know how to do it. So what we did is we created a bookkeeping cleaner, a bookkeeping checklist. And what we would do is we would sell them that bookkeeping checklist, say, hey, for $750, we'll sell you the same checklist that we use for our larger clients we'll sell you that checklist. Plus we'll meet with you for an hour. We'll kind of walk you through how it works. And that way it gets you headed in the right path because they may not have been able to afford to pay, you know, thousand dollars a month for us to do it for them. They wanted to do it themselves. So they paid a fee and it became a great way for us to help more business owners. Plus it created a new source of revenue. 
Now, this is one that became really popular for a lot of people was the estimated tax calculator. So a lot of people struggle with getting to the end of the year and not knowing how much they're going to have to pay or how much they should have set aside for taxes. So what we did is we created a spreadsheet version of a calculator where they can literally go in, they can select whether they're married filing jointly, you know, single, married filing separate, head of household, whatever their status is, they can list the number of exemptions. They can list in their income from whether they have a job or it, their income from their business or income from their investments. And what this would do is it would calculate an estimated tax liability for them. That way, they didn't have to sit in the dark and wait until tax season to be surprised by whether they were going to owe taxes or not. And this tool became a great one because, hey, it was something that we had kind of gone through and we helped some people figure out. And we said, well, what if we could give them a tool that they can use on their own and they can kind of better plan so they can set money aside? So when it came time to file their taxes, they weren't completely surprised. And we started selling this for $900 and it became a great way of helping more business owners avoid that tax surprise. And it became a great way for us to generate more revenue for our firm. Now, the last one that I covered, well, there were several other options and examples that I covered, but this was one of the final ones I'll cover here um, is the CFO dashboard. So one of the things that we recognize for people is when they're trying to make strategic decisions, a lot of times when they're looking at their financial information, it doesn't really make sense to them because it's not presented in a way that makes sense. So we said, hey, what if we could find a way to take it from just being a spreadsheet or take it from just being a PDF? And how do we turn it into a chart with, where they can actually go in and they can choose whatever month they wanted to see and the data would automatically recalculate and tell them what the results were, where they were spending money so they can have a better understanding of what's happening in their business. And we started doing this and this became a great tool because some companies, they pay us about $250 a month for us to maintain this for them to where they no longer have to really go into the details of a spreadsheet or the details of a PDF that they didn't understand, but they can get their financials presented to them in a way that actually makes sense so they can keep a better idea on what's happening. Now, we've also included things like whether they want to see revenue by customer, revenue where they can break it down to different areas, different categories. It is a service that we started offering because we said, hey, we know that people need to look at their financials, but how do we think out of the box and give them something that would be a bit more relevant and useful for them in the way that they want to look at it? And it became a great thing. And like I said, this was a lot of fun giving this speech, speaking at Scaling New Heights, because we got a chance to really help people think outside of the box to come up with alternative ways to really create new sources of income. Now, I'm telling you, if you are interested in more of the tips and the, the, the recaps and the things that we talk about, you definitely should subscribe to our show. If you're a law firm, Subscribe to the Law Firm Law and Finance Show because we talk a lot specifically tailored to law firms. But if you're not a law firm and you just want to learn more about these awesome things that we're talking about, we share here, the stuff your accountant isn't telling you is a great show that you can subscribe to. So 
Thanks for tuning in. And until next time.